0: I'm a little tired too, but I'm also excited. Um, like James was saying there, and like he spoke about last night, we such a wonderful opportunity here this weekend, and it's worth waking up for. Um, and just to start, I, I really want to try to encourage us today, like I did last night, and, and as we continue through the weekend and. And hopefully this will be a habit anytime you step into a moment where you have an opportunity to to learn, to reflect, uh, especially when those opportunities are directly related to your your walk with Jesus. But I want to encourage you to really try to seek to understand. It can be really, really easy. I'm a school teacher, and I see it all the time. Certainly saw it on online learning. We get used to this idea that somebody's going to come up and speak in front of us, and we feel like, um, by simply listening to the words, that, that somehow means that we're gonna get the value out of what's being said. But like we talked about last night, that, that just it's not how we're designed. We have to think, we have to experience, and that that thinking and that experience comes through deep understanding of the information that's being delivered. And what we're talking about here is complex because we serve a complex God. But with enough reflection, with enough questions, with enough struggles, um, With enough wrestling, we will always capture the learning. We'll always capture it. And one of the reasons why we'll always capture it is because we were designed to. He designed us to know Him. And there's never going to be anything about Him that He wants us to know, that He will not allow us to know if we're willing to wrestle with it. So I just want to really challenge you here. Seek to understand. Don't just listen. And understanding means you're going to have to ask some questions. You need to be able to say, hey, I don't agree with that yet. And please write those questions down and then come find me or find one of the leaders and wrestle with that. Because you can't just take my word for it for these things. You have to experience them. And you're all old enough to do that. And you have a responsibility to do that. You have a responsibility to yourself. And you have a responsibility to your future, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about investments. And when we think about investments, we think about financial investments. Right? We don't really understand them properly. Some of us might. Thank you. Some of us might. Um, We might have a greater understanding than others, but in the end, an investment is simply what are you going to put your time and your resources into? What will you invest in? Now, one thing about investments The best investments are those where you understand both sides of the equation. Because an investment always has a potential reward, and there's always a risk involved. There's something you could lose. And if you don't have one of those conditions, sorry, if you don't have both of those conditions, then you don't have an investment, okay? So our goal today is to take a look at investments and to try to understand how can we understand both sides of this investment that Christ calls us to in surrender. We talked about it last night, he calls us to surrender, and that's an investment, it's a big investment, it's our lives, and we we'll only have one of them. And so we wanna make sure that we're understanding both sides of the equation. What do we have to gain, and what do we have to give up? What will we get, and what will it cost us? And once we understand both sides, We can make a reasoned decision, and that's why it's important for us to understand what we're talking about, and not just listen to it, because you only have one life, and you will invest it, and if you're not intentional in how you're going to invest it, you will almost certainly invest it in your own selfishness, because that's something you can clearly see, and so we're going to take a look I had a story of the rich young ruler. And this was a young man that came up to Jesus when Jesus was on earth during his ministry. And he was rich, he was young, and he had power. So basically, he had what the world says we should value. And I'm going to read this to you, but something I want you to understand is. He was not content, and we know that because he came asking Jesus for more, right? He was rich, he was young, and he was powerful, and he still came asking for more. He wasn't content. And so we're going to see what Jesus said. A certain ruler asked him, asked Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. And honor your father and your mother. All of these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything that you have. Give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then, once you've done that, come and follow me, Jesus said. When the rich young man heard this, he became very sad. He was very wealthy. And he left sad. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, a lot of us, we look at that story, and we think that Jesus is saying... We have to give up everything that we have, absolutely everything we have. We have to make ourselves poor. We have to surrender the things that we love in order to follow Jesus. It's like one of these things where it's like it's an either-or, whereby you either surrender everything and just follow him in poverty, or you can live a life of prosperity and try to take care of yourself here in the world. And this is not at all what Jesus is saying. What Jesus said is that he was still lacking, the rich young ruler was still lacking one thing. And that one thing was not giving up everything. The one thing was that he didn't have Jesus. And Christ was calling him out in that moment for what actually had his heart. What had that rich young ruler's heart is actually what has a lot of our hearts in here. And I've certainly been guilty of it. It's our stuff, it's our status. It's our number of followers on social media. It's how people look at us. It's the money that our family has. Or it's the lack of money that our family has and how we feel about that. We look at all these different things that the world says that we should value and those things capture our hearts and they capture our attention. And Jesus was calling out the rich young ruler in that moment who was basically saying this, You're coming and you're asking me what you can do to gain eternal life. You're asking me, what benefit, Jesus, can you provide for me? And the truth is, you're not really asking me for me. You're asking me, how can I hold on to everything that I have and still have you? And Jesus calls him out and says, that's not how I work. And we see this everywhere in the world around us. Wherever you look, we look at politics. People are making decisions that will benefit them, so that people will look at them in a favorable manner, get their votes. When you look at sports, we look at selfish athletes who are just trying to stay healthy long enough, and perform well enough, just long enough that they can get that big contract, and then they can relax. We look at musicians who are trying to make it, they're traveling North America and the world trying to make it and they just think that if they could just make it, somebody could just, show, right like a uh, record label, could just find them and notice that they have talent and they'll make it and then they'll have arrived and then they'll have the status that they want. And each and every one of those people is a rich young ruler because something else has captured their heart and it's not Jesus. And the way we can know that is by looking at what we truly invest in when we invest in those things in this world. And we can notice that by looking at the status of our hearts. See, the rich young ruler less Sad, because he found his identity, and that's a big word that we use nowadays, right? You probably hear all the time in school, identity. And it is a powerful word. But his identity was in the fact that he had money. People knew it. Right? He had power, and people knew it. And people respected him for it. He didn't want to give that up. And see, he didn't want to give it up. He didn't want to make that investment because he understood very clearly what he had. And when Jesus called him out, he didn't completely understand what Jesus was calling him to. So he left sad thinking, I got to give up everything. He didn't understand what Jesus was saying he could gain. So I want to think for a moment. When we invest in the things of this world, this is actually what we're choosing to invest in. So, and I actually have a challenge right now to think about, what if there was one thing I said to you right now, you know, if you could choose one thing to pursue, and you knew for certain you wouldn't fail at it, you would become world-class at it. What would that thing be? Think about that for a moment. When I was your age, it was a competitive golf. I wanted to be a professional athlete. For some of you, it might be I want to be a doctor one day. For some of you, it might be I want to be a mom or a dad. And the thing is, is none of those things are bad things. Even the rich young ruler's money and power wasn't a bad thing. wasn't good, was that they held his heart. And I think if we're being honest today, truly honest, that thing that you're thinking about right now, if you're truly honest, and I'm truly honest, I think we'll realize that those things do have our hearts to a degree. And I think the more we think about them, we'll realize they have our hearts to a degree much greater than we realize. And there's a simple test to prove it. When are you most happy doing those things? As a golfer, I was most happy when I was playing golf. As a student, you're probably most happy when you're not On social media, you're most happy when people have a follow-up. Every single one of those things points to these things. Pride. We want people to see us at our best. We desire to take charge of our own destinies and we want everyone to see clearly all that we can accomplish, hope to accomplish and will accomplish. Anxiety. We pursue those things hoping to grasp them for a sense of security that comes from having them. But the reality is they can be taken away in a moment and we know that. We don't have complete control over all results. It was for that reason that before I played competitive round golf in college, I was super nervous. And it wasn't until later that I realized why I was so nervous. It was because I was already thinking about the final results, the end of the tournament, and the score that I would shoot. And I actually didn't have complete control over those things. I could influence them. Absolutely. My practice influenced them. All those things. My experience influenced them. I couldn't control what somebody else shot, whether or not they beat me didn't have complete control over those things. And it's the same thing with you and your marks when you sit down on a test. You've got this anxiety because you recognize that all you can do is influence those results. You don't have complete control. To think that you do is a fallacy. And so you you study harder and you work harder and you think that if you're determined that you will gain control and you are a master of your faith and your destiny, but you're not. You don't have complete control. Your teacher does. They get to decide. You have to sit back and just take whatever they decide. And life does that to us over and over and over again. And so the rich young ruler is trying to find all his satisfaction and his money and his wealth and his power. But reality is all based on that foundation of insecurity like we talked about last night. If you don't have complete control over it, it can be taken away at any moment. Impatience. We're impatient because we want what we want and we want to get it quickly. Envy. We look at people who have more than us or are doing better than us, and we want it. And it, it festers at us, and it increases our anxiety because of the fact that we realize they have what we want. We can't control it whether we want to admit it or not. And we lack self-control. Because in all of this, mindsets are being developed that are controlling us. We're not controlling our circumstances. We're being controlled by them. And that's why the rich young ruler left Saturn. And that's why some of us, when we read that story, we think about those things that drive us, that get us excited, and we think that Jesus is telling us to give them up completely, and it makes us sad because we think we have to choose one or the other. And last time we used an analogy of the two windows and how you really can't focus on one thing and another at the same time. But that doesn't mean you can't enjoy more than one thing at the same time. And what I'd like you to see here Is that what Jesus was saying to the rich young ruler. Yeah, give up your money. Because it's got your heart. find his identity in his relationship with God. I think the conversation Jesus would have had would have be been much different. I think it would have been something like, hey, listen, I've blessed you with money, and I've blessed you with power, and you've been responsible to not allow it to go to your heart at the point where your identity is found in it alone. And you're in a position now to accept me so that I can use your power bless you, and to bless others. And that's what I'd like to hopefully help you see today. Those things that do have a hold on your heart, how can we soften those so that they're blessings that God uses in our lives to draw us closer to Him and to bless other people? Because if we can do that, we're surrendering to Jesus, and we're developing, we're gaining an advantage rest of the world doesn't have. I want you to think for a moment. What are the things that... What are the things that we gain when we surrender to Christ? We don't always think about that. Right? We're trying to understand both sides of the investment here. If we invest in the things of the world... We're going to get in our hearts, in our lives, pride, anxiety, impatience, selfishness, envy, and be in a lack of self-control. Not a good deal. Yet we still pursue them. But what do we get when we invest in Christ? We get all the opposites. We get love. We get joy. We get peace. We get patience. We get kindness. We get goodness. We get gentleness. And we get self. So let's compare those two lists because when we compare those two lists, that's when we'll understand both sides of the investment equation. The rich young ruler came and asked Jesus an investment question. What can I invest my life in to get eternal life? And Jesus gave him an investment answer. Give up the things that are holding your heart, that are are making you prideful and anxious, lacking self-control, envious, all those terrible things. And instead, get rid of them so that you can start to have me in a way that will give you love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, jealous, self-control. And then you will be able to use your money and your power in a way that will actually be useful for you in this world. I want to to say that again because I want you to really understand that. Because that statement right there is the investment answer that you need to decide on today. We're looking at surrender. Surrender is an investment of your life which you only have one of. So let's understand both sides of the equation. The one side. was the side of the rich young ruler. He was controlled by his circumstances because he was trying to gain control of his life. He was trying to hold on to his money. He was trying to hold on to his power. He was trying to hold on to those worldly things. And what did he get? He got prideful, he got anxious, he got envious, he lacked self-control. That's what we invest in when we invest in the world. So now let's go to the other side of the equation. When we surrender to Jesus, we get love, we get joy, we get peace, we get patience, we get kindness, we get goodness, we get gentleness, we get When we invest in Jesus, we get Him, the creator of the universe, and we get everything that we need to make those things over there better. I'm gonna give you the because I can only speak for myself, but I'll give you the example of me. And when I was over here, I still struggle with it as a competitive athlete wanting to be one of those. The more that I looked at what it meant to be a good, competitive athlete, and it's the same for anything that you're competing in, or anything that you're trying to strive in and be excellent at. Pride is a wonderful motivator, but it's a very shaky foundation. Will never lead to good performance. When I stepped onto the first tee as a golfer and I was anxious and I could barely feel my arms, I was not prepared to deliver an excellent result. But when I invest in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentle, self-control, faithfulness, there's a competitive mindset. If I'm driven by love, then whatever the results are, I'm not held hostage to them. Which means that if I fail in my competition or in that thing that I'm pursuing, I'm in a mindset that will allow me to be patient with myself. Take self-control to be able to reflect on what I can do better next time. So the reality is another paradox, like we talked about last night. We think in order to have control, we need to take control. But the reality is, if we want to control these things well, we have to give up control so that we can gain Jesus, who will give us the mindsets that will allow us to actually engage in those things in a manner in a manner that actually makes sense. And I won't bore you with this, but the If you're a dork like me, you'll look at sports psychology, you'll look at behavioral psychology, you'll look at all these different scientific research principles that have been done over the years, and you'll realize that Jesus was always right when he said to the rich young ruler, give up everything, because it will make those things better. But he didn't want to give it up, because he didn't understand what he had to gain. And that's what I'm hoping that you can understand, now. it may at first seem complex but it's actually quite simple once you experience it if I live for the things of this world I'm going to be anxious and afraid trying to control things and I'll never have control if I surrender to Jesus I become the type of person who can engage in those things well but you can't take my word for it. I hope you'll take Jesus' word for it. But don't take my word for it. You need to go and test it. Because application is where learning gets its value. If I took $20 and put it on the floor right there, it's of no value to you. It's just sitting there. You know the value. You understand that there's value there. But it's no value to you. To be honest... Even if you go and grab the $20 and put it in your pocket, you still don't truly understand the value. But the minute you go and spend it, now you understand the value, because you're experiencing the value that it brought. And that's why the rich young ruler left sad, that. And that's why I hope none of us will leave here sad. Rich young ruler is told, give up all those things that that are holding your heart. And I'm challenging you with the same thing. Those things that you think you really, really, really want, I'm telling you, I think they're controlling you because I know that they control all of us if we're not careful. But you will not understand the value until you actually surrender. And that can be really hard. And it's going to be a lifelong process. But it's worth it. And I hope that you understand it's worth it because you can see one little simple idea. When you surrender to Jesus, you become the type of person who can take control of the things of this world because you gave up control to him and allowed him to control you and become, and make you and become the type of person to create you created you. So, the worship team is going to come up. And as they do, I'd like to challenge you to think about what are those things that you really, really, really hope for? Whether it be the school that you want to get into one day, whether it be the job that you want to have, whether it be the family that you want to have, whether it be you want to have a boyfriend or girlfriend who's there in the very near future. Those real things, are they controlling you? Because if they are, you are absolutely shooting yourself in the foot in this life, and you are investing on that side. And it's not secure. Understand the other side of the equation. So you can make a wise, strong, logical decision that is worth spending your life on because you only have one.